1: you've discovered your link to GopowerCat.com's
2: PowerCat power cat podcast now here's your host GopowerCat.com publisher tim fitzgerald welcome to the power cat questions podcast a little bit late this week we moved it back a day i hope you're doing okay um no football game, so we're kind of backfilling with our content, but uh, this is the original podcast in which you ask us questions at Wabash Station, and we answer. I am Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, and Ron Gilbert. My sidekicks are not at my side. They're facing me on Zoom. We're sponsored by The Fridge. I just got, I think I got a text alert from The Fridge. They're having some kind of sale. Let's see if I... No, no, it wasn't them. But uh, it's kind of nice. Whenever they have a sale, I get a text alert. Sign up for their app. Or go download their app, I should say. And you can do your online shopping and pull in and get your liquor loaded. Get loaded liquor to get loaded. I don't know where I'm going with that. Guys, how are we doing today? Are we good? i good. I'm good. a little bit under the weather and I can't quite Tell you what's going on, but I just kind of feel blah. blah. Can you taste things? You know, I haven't eaten anything today. Anything? That's that's a good oh, point. No. I'm drinking water. Can you smell yourself. Smell good. Well, ish. <laughs> ish. I wonder what's happened to like uh, toothpaste sales and deodorant sales and the pandemic, because a lot of people are just staying at home, and you hear people say. Yeah, I keep forgetting to brush my teeth, but then when I go out, I'm wearing a mask, so what's the matter? I'm like, well, your teeth might fall out, but other than that, nothing. Nothing matters. I feel personally attacked. I know.
1: I have not been brushing my teeth as much as I should as a dentist child.
2: It's, uh, (laughs) I know. That just shows how uh, we get out of our regular habits. I was just hearing someone speculating that church attendance will never be the same, that you break habits, it's typical that people will stop doing it. I'd be very interested to see how all this impacts our society. I'm glad you're here listening to the power cat questions podcast. We're going to talk a little football, a little basketball, a little badminton. Okay. We're not going to talk badminton. I just, Gills, hold on. Do we have any badminton questions? No. No. Okay. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. (sighs) Okay, our segment sponsors are Tanner's and the High Low. Make sure you visit them when you're in Aggieville. Wonderful people, wonderful food, wonderful places. I miss them, I miss them, I miss them. Guys, the Rona is raging all over the country right now. It's impacting sports. The SEC's down four games as of right now for the weekend. Um, K-State football reported nine new cases among, as Chris Kleiman said, they're younger guys, they're scout guys. Zach, you want to share your theory on
1: that? Uh, well, if, if you look at the calendar and when this when they may have been infected, you were looking at about last weekend, which happened to be Halloween, and with all these guys not being key guys, as Chris Kleiman said, you know, they're, they're a bunch of young guys, like freshmen, scout team guys. They weren't on the trip at West Virginia. So that's probably why we're seeing, you know, all the ones are having to play against all the other ones in practice so far. So kind of interesting to me that that's where the infections are coming from.
2: If you were a regular player on the team, like a a guy that went on the trip to West Virginia, and a week later you find out all the guys that stayed behind went to a party or whatever and got infected, how pissed would you be? That they might have threatened your entire season just because they wanted to go to a party. I'd be Very. furious.
1: I'd be Those really guys mad. should be running stairs every day. Every day once they get healthy.
2: I was going to say, man, you're cruel. Get the Rona, you can't breathe, and Zach, Coach Zach's making you run stairs. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's bad, The but not as bad as the track team. What twenty? That's 22, 26 20, cases, something. something in the twenties. And you know what? They that, did go- that's hardcore evidence of something, guys. That you can't outrun the Rona. <laughs> yeah, see, I get that sympathetic laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You can't. No, they they the- did go to a Halloween party. That was reported in the paper. The, uh, that was from a Halloween party. So maybe they had some more fun with the football team. Well,
2: good. Never knew the track team was wild and crazy, but apparently they are. Man. I just want to know what their costumes were. Did they
1: wear a costume that was more susceptible to getting coronavirus? I feel like if you went as Joe Exotic,
2: you might catch it. Might catch more than the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you go as like a bank robber? So you had a mask on. I mean, you you can build the coronavirus into your costume. Scary mask. I don't know.
1: Got to wear the scary mask.
2: Maybe everyone went as the slutty version of the coronavirus.
1: But speaking of all these canceled games, ESPN looks really smart for going to to the Masters or College Game Day, huh? All you guys hated that. Oh, it was all upset. But, oh, there's no football games for them to go to now. And it's we're going to have a bad. nice golf tournament on this nice bye week for K State. Very excited.
2: It's going to be interesting to see how the conferences respond to this. I mean, you're getting into the area now where you got too many games that need to be rescheduled to get them all packed in. So um, I don't know. I just don't know what they're going to do with with this. And Zach, you mentioned before we started, they might have a pause in the season. I, I just don't know. I mean. Does it, but does everyone who's playing by the rules have to pause? And, you know, like if Iowa State and K-State are good to go, do they? you know, I, what a mess. What a honking mess. But if they end up canceling the season, guys, the Big 12 looks brilliant. They started early. They got in seven games or whatever it is for everyone. And they're in pretty good situation right now. I think what the Big
1: 12 deserves credit for is they built in these bye weeks every three weeks or every four weeks. They have a pause to where, hey, every program is essentially shut down or they can be shut down if needed for COVID. So as long as the guys are taking everything seriously, still taking their precautions seriously, not going to parties, not going out to Aggieville, not doing anything stupid, you know, there's an extremely high likelihood of the season continuing. So I think that, you know, I don't know what the the SEC or ACC's scheduling theory was this year or or how they built, you know, certain off weeks in, but the big 12 looks really smart because Baylor is the only school that's really had big conference, a conference game canceled. I mean, Oklahoma state's part of it, but they weren't, they weren't responsible for that cancellation. So the fact that we've only had one cancellation for the entire season and we're two-thirds of the way through, man, the Big 12 looks pretty good. Yeah,
2: you're right. You're right. You, you know what else looks pretty good? Ryan Gilbert reading the questions from Wabash Station. Here we go.
0: First question of the podcast is from GCKSU
1: Rules. How big of a missed opportunity was this game? I want to say – before we start, I'm not sure if he was new or not, but if if so, welcome, GCKSU rules. I don't remember ever saying that on the podcast. So. Welcome, huge. welcome.
2: This was huge and welcome. Just and, and only because it's kind of like uh, you get the lottery and you miss by one number or something. You know, I mean, you yeah. you had everything lined up and you just didn't get it finished. It's just really unfortunate. This was a great opportunity for K State to. Shock the world in some ways and get out in front of this conference race and be in the driver's seat going down the home stretch. But they couldn't finish it off. They just weren't quite good enough. Um, and you know, it's, it would all, like I said, on a daily delivery, it would all been a bonus. It would all been extra. All been fantastic if they could have gotten that done, but they couldn't.
1: Yeah, like you said, Fitz, they were going to be in the driver's seat had they won. Now they're in the passenger seat. So they're still in the front of the car but they have to do some work to make sure they're still there by the end of the year and you know if they win out you know their their odds of getting into the Big 12 championship game should be good there is a really random scenario where West Virginia ends up fourth and that would keep them out in a three-way tie between OU and and OS, Oklahoma State but you know they still essentially control their own destiny and i think that there are you know i think it's possible it's going to be hard, but I think it's possible if they're able to reset here, go up and get a win at Iowa State, and I think the momentum's kind of back in their court for going to Baylor in Texas. So, um, it, it, yeah, it was a big missed opportunity losing to Oklahoma State, and you had the, you had multiple chances throughout the game to get it done, and it just you know it just kind of fell apart, and I, I think that after that game, Oklahoma State probably feels pretty lucky. And, you know, now they're the ones in the driver's seat. So, you know, K-State's not completely out, but it would have been, you know, a giant shot in the arm had they won. Next question from Beefy Panda. Is the offensive lack of adjustments in game
0: and across games due to coaching not enough playmakers or the offensive line?
2: Well, I would challenge anyone out there to try to call play successfully for this offense right now. I mean, your receivers are underperforming. You've got a true freshman quarterback, a true freshman running back who is now being schemed against, which is such a huge compliment for Deuce Vaughn, or maybe it's an insult to the rest of the offense that they're not worried about anyone else. I mean, your tight end is out. I mean... It, Calling plays isn't magical. Like, this play is going to work every time. Or, I mean, you got to have the guys to run the plays. So, I mean, yeah, they just don't have enough offensive weapons right now. And honestly, this offense isn't very good. I mean, when you're at a rebuild offensive line with a freshman quarterback, they should be worse than they are. They really should be. They should be tragically bad. And we're seeing, you know, young players have to learn in the middle of games. It's it's going to be a difficult process, and I compliment K-State for staying in the game. And that they kicked a couple extra points, we would have gone to overtime in that game. I
1: think at the beginning of the season, I think we all would have pointed to the offensive line as being, you know, that, that would be the the lack of, you know, success for the offense. But I think I think at this point, the offensive line is at least serviceable enough to where they aren't, a liability and i think that the fact that they don't have any playmakers is really like you mentioned fits you can't really call plays if you don't have the guys to to perform and if the guys can't make plays it doesn't really matter what you're calling if it's not going to work yeah so I, I think it's just the fact that you're losing playmakers you don't have enough playmakers that have stepped up so you're just kind of in this awkward place where you have will howard and you have Deuce Vaughn, and that's that's basically it. You know, Bradley Moore's gone. You haven't had a receiver all year. Maybe Phillip Brooks a little bit, but most of his success isn't even from the offense, so I don't know. It's just you need more guys, I think. I don't think you can – as much as as questionable as the play calling and the adjustments have been there, there absolutely are problems there. I still think it comes down to a lack of playmakers on the field.
0: You guys pretty much nailed it. You know, you got a true freshman quarterback, and we've talked about it a ton on here with the, you know, the struggles they're having at the wideout position. You know, you got a young offensive line, and then you've got a play caller who, you know, maybe has made a few questionable calls here or there. But I I don't think you can really point your finger at one player or even one position group more than the others. I think it's really just a culmination of, you know, K-State really just not being that good of a team overall. Of course, they've had some injuries, but they're young. Um, you know, they're learning a lot this season, but I don't think you can really pinpoint one thing. It's, it's just everything kind of coming together, and we're, we're finally starting to see who the real K-State is at this point in the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're able to cover it up with special teams and defense, and if they, you know, let's be honest, if they get a big play out of special teams, they probably win that game Saturday. And again, they get a, the offense gets a pass, but we kind of do see that they are short on tools, and... Look for all all that happened bad at the end of the game, the fact that Will Howard had that devastating fumble returned for a touchdown, and then led the team back down, <clears throat> excuse me, back down the field for a touchdown, is a good sign. It's a good sign. It's part of growth.
0: Next question from KSU man: How much do we miss Wykeen Gill?
2: A lot, a lot. I mean, Waikin I, was one of my favorite receivers because he was so reliable, ran good patterns was fast and quick enough to make stuff happen after the catch. Yeah, that one hurt. That one hurt a lot more than losing Josh Youngblood in the passing game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that one one hurt a lot.
1: Was Wyke left after the TCU game, right? Was it TCU or was it KU? It
2: was a home game. Yeah, it was Tech, wasn't
1: it? Or was it Tech?
2: Yeah, I think it was Tech. It's the
1: same game as Skyler.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay.
1: So I I think that he probably, you know, had he he played, you know, against TCU, KU, I I think that he probably would have emerged as the top guy. Absolutely. He probably would have been Will Howard's top target at at this point. And he would have been, you know, somebody solid for, for the offense to go to. And I don't know if he beat West Virginia, but if he's on the field against Oklahoma state, maybe you win that game. Maybe you win. So, I think that, I think that just any any loss of a wide receiver. I mean, even even Malik Knowles getting whatever he did, we have no clue what he did. He was just standing on the bench late in the game when he when he could have been in. You know, I don't know what happened to him, but you know, even losing a guy like him hurts as little and spotty as he is. So, Wykeen uh, was pretty consistent, you know, before he got injured, and I think that you know he could have been a guy that will, you know, grew a connection with and became kind of a go-to, but, but right now nobody's, nobody's really a go-to. And I think that the King could have been that.
0: Next question from liquid Sasquatch. How much does this Joe Klanderman led, uh, led defense compared with last year's led by Hazleton? Maybe I'm wrong, but this year seems as good or better.
2: I agree. I'm, and a big reason why, and you know, I don't know if this credit to Klanderman or or the players, when you've got a four-man front that has a two-deep, that's another important part of this. They've got about seven, eight guys that are playing consistently or more up front, and they can get pressure on a regular basis without linebackers and safeties coming and corners coming. When you can get that kind of push out of your front four, Everything else the defensive coordinator does looks better. And that's honestly been something K-State's lacked for a while. And for the most part, they also have corners. Justin Gardner was out this week, but corners that can cover without getting a bunch of help. That just makes everything work a lot better. They can, you know, really just focus on tackling and doing their job when that front four is beating people and they can't just go pick up an easy pass on the outside. So, I mean, credit Klanderman. That first game was worrisome. And ever since then, guys, I think he's called great games. And what they did to Oklahoma State, even though the Cowboys were depleted, they're still running a pretty effective offensive system that has been proven. They shut that offensive system down with the exception of one drive there in the third quarter when they were left on the field way too long by an ineffective offense of their own. So... I thought it was a great performance by the defense. Just amazing. Uh,
1: I Joe Klanerman absolutely deserves credit. You know, he's done a great job, like you said, since that first game. But I with that defensive front, I think that too, he deserves more credit than anybody. The fact that Drew Wiley can step up and become a beast after, you know, losing Trey Deshaun, losing Jordan Mitty after last year. I mean, I think that's that's the most impressive thing to me is that you know, that was an, a, a position before the season that we talked about that we were extremely worried about. And, you know, they've probably overperformed at this point. And then you have guys like the cornerbacks, you know, Justin Gardner, Echo Boydo, They've stepped up, and I'd say they're over overperforming. I think secondary is probably the biggest question marks, but, you know, Jerome McPherson stepped up. He's been good. You know, Ross elder is probably the one that you point at right now. That's playing that. You're like, that you wish you might have somebody else a little bit better there, but you know, Sullivan and Hughes, you're happy with defensive ends. You're happy with, I mean, every, I think the players deserve just as much credit as anybody else. They've stepped up and the way that Joe Klanderman's been able to put the pieces together and call good games has been really impressive. And I don't know if it's better than Hazleton last year. I just think it's, I think that Klanderman got a really good hand dealt to him this year, and he's he was able to make adjustments after that first game and take advantage.
0: For me, if I were to you know, not know that there was a, a change at the defensive coordinator position, I, I wouldn't really be able to tell much of a difference. So that's kind of the answer to that question for me. I don't know if he's done better or worse. I would say if, if, if it's anything, it's been a little better. But you know, there hasn't really been anything uh, – too much different that I've been able to see. If I've been living under a rock, I wouldn't really tell a difference. So I'd say it's probably as good as last year.
2: Yeah, and if you're a Michigan State fan, you're questioning the hire of Scotty Hazleton right now. But in this pandemic season, it's just been impossible to install new systems. I can't imagine what he's going through up there at Michigan State.
0: Next question from Itane Bibi. It appears our tight end availability is in danger. Can we say this is due to COVID? Uh, we are forced to cancel the ne- Pardon me. Um, can we say due to COVID we are forced to cancel the next game which would give us 3 weeks of rest and will uh, and it will allow us to face Baylor who is supposedly an easier opponent than Iowa State.
2: That's not how Kleiman's wired. I mean from the very start he's been Let's try to have enough guys to play. Guys have got to step up. I think he's recognized there's more value in playing these games than worrying about we're shorthanded and at a disadvantage. He's seen value in, hey, we don't have any corners, so we've got to start Justin Gardner and Echo at at Oklahoma oh my God, they're good. He's found value in the roster being depleted and giving more experience to guys. Yeah, you got two now injuries on top of all the COVID crap. You now have legitimate injuries beginning to etch into your roster. Sucks, man. It, you know, your two of your top three tight ends are down and you like to play three at times. You you're not going to be able to do it. I mean, Connor Fox has been on the field now. In fact, he was the target of that long ball by Will Howard. Um, another wrinkle to that that makes it even more bizarre. They threw into double coverage to an unproven tight end. But, um, I, yeah, that's not how Kleiman – if Kleiman has 53 or whatever the number is and all the positions allocated has enough bodies, he wants to go to Iowa State because he sees value in playing the games and finding who's ready to play, because it's really not about this season. It's about the long game for him, and he's been pretty clear about that. It's about the process, and the process needs games. So I I really like that about Chris Kleiman. He's not looking to duck out. He's not trying to pull a Wisconsin and say, hey, I know we don't meet the threshold, but we don't want to play. He wants to play, man. He wants whomever has to take the field to get the experience of playing because that will pay off in twenty two and twenty-three and on down the on the line when these guys are upperclassmen.
1: I think that K State would go to Iowa State if they had zero tight ends. I think they'd figure out a way to play. I mean, look at Jacksonine who played on on Saturday. He was the he had the most catches of any player for the team and he's I mean, I know he's not a tight end, but he's a fullback. You know, they kind of interchange there. So they'll find guys to to get involved in the offense if they need that tight in there. So I'm not worried about it. And, you know, I don't know what the status of Briley is, but we'll learn more next week. And I think that the team's hopeful that he could be back. And, you know, if he's back, that's a big boost. And you just lose, you know, Sammy Wheeler for the season. That's it. So, you know, I don't think that, That we can count out Briley at this point, especially with a bye week. He's got, you know, he'll have three weeks of rest himself going into the Iowa State game. So, you know, I think that, you know, K State will find a way to play. And, you know, if, if, if these, all these infections that, that happen this week, as long as those are guys that aren't critical members of the team, I think they'll go. And I think it's beneficial to play. I think that, you know, look at look at Oklahoma State. I know that some of their holdouts weren't necessarily COVID-related, but look, you play that game, you get into it an hour before, and oh, Talon Wallace is out. I know it's not COVID, but look, anything can happen. You know, you can pick up an advantage like that, and I think that's half of the reason that K-State was in that game. You know, they lose their their biggest wide receiver, so you know, I think taking advantage, going up there, you know, playing all your games as they come. I think that that there's value there that, you know, you might be able to hit a team that, you know, they might have something pop up themselves. Pretty much with you guys here, you know, you touched on it, Fitz,
0: how Kleinman wants to play. And, you know, it doesn't matter really. We've seen it here with K-State. They're going to move guys around accordingly to fit, you know, their needs, you know, within their roster. So they're going to find, you know, maybe some linemen who have never even caught a football, and maybe there's no even intentions of them catching a football in a game but you stick them out you know outside of the um what is it the tackle right yeah. and then you just that that there's your tight end right so yeah you know, we have Leonards we've got I guess they've got uh, Leonards and they've got you know Denine like you talked about so I yeah. think they'll be okay moving forward
2: I know he's over around 300 pounds now but you could move Logan long out there to be a blocking tight end that because that's what he was last year. He knows what to do, at least. It'll be interesting. Yeah. That'd be a big tight end. Can you play tight end, Fitz? That was my spot, tight end linebacker. Yeah. There you go. Um, I was really hurt that he picked Kellis over me.
1: I I actually thought it was hilarious. That's another quarterback that they're moving to tight end because Bill wanted wanted Kellis to play
2: quarterback. Pretty sure. A couple oh, of that's right. And why does everyone want Kellis to play? I mean, why Kellis? I'm not trying to attack him as a non-athlete, but uh, he doesn't strike me as an athlete. I guess I just did. I love Kellis. He's a great guy. But I'm not throwing him on third and five. I'm not throwing a pass to him. I'm just not doing it. Well, if I'm throwing the pass, it won't be completed anyhow. But anyhow, that's not the point. The point is, why Kellis? I feel like the rest of us are being shunned by the coaches of Kansas State University as potential assets to this program. Gills, you could be a receiver. You look like a receiver. You know, you look like a guy Mm -hmm. to get out there and run a good pattern, block downfield, and not be very fast. You look like a K-State receiver.
1: Mm. Are you saying he looks like Landry Weber?
2: Yeah,
0: that's pretty much. Mm-hmm.
1: It's about just, right. Maybe we should be the ones that ask the question, hey, it looks like you're really depleted at this position. And just bait him into it.
2: I know. Hey, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, you
1: maybe you can play.
2: What about me as an offensive lineman, even though I'd get hurt prior to the snap of the, of the ball? Oh, well. Okay, I'm over it. Kellis, you can play tight end if you want. Okay, next question.
0: All righty. From KNet, he's got the last question of the first half. Is Iowa State a rivalry?
2: Yes. Yes. I don't know why people are shying away from this. Yes. The fan bases don't like each other. I don't care what other measurements you have. When the fan bases are bickering all the time, yeah, it's a rivalry. It's a kind of fun one because it's it's like that meme of – Robin pointing to each other. Is it Robin? Batman?
1: Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Come on. I mean, Come on.
2: I got the red outfit, right? Spider-Man pointing to himself. I don't understand that, but you know, hey. Ah, uh, it uh, Yeah, it's a rivalry. I hated the Farm Farmageddon advertising trophy, but I would like to have a trophy. Let's have our own little You know, that Did was just like my proposal. Uh what was it? Tractor?
1: Yeah, Yeah. get a a working tractor and paint it like the Victory Bell between USC and UCLA. Do that and then have the winning coach or whoever ride it around like Marshawn Lynch with the the medical cart. I'm not real sure how you're
2: going to get the tractor between the two towns, but hey, let's – yeah. Put it in the equipment truck. Strap it on top. Oh. I just –
1: and Knet asked the query he, he, in the, in that thread, where we were talking about the trophy. He, he mentioned that he'd like a, a Trice Robinson trophy, which I think it'd be really cool. But like I said, I think that Pharmageddon is a silly name to put, to associate with a trophy that would have so much historical and important significance to it. I think that Pharmageddon it's a funny meme. I mean, that's all it is. I don't think the schools will ever, will will ever recognize that it is an official name of anything. I think Iowa um, State
2: is. Don't you know, doesn't Iowa State use it?
1: I don't know if I, they do. I know K State doesn't use it. I think it's great as a name. I, I think it's, it's funny. I think it's funny, but I think it's also a meme. I mean, it's like it's like the the five dollar broken bits of chair trophy between Minnesota and Nebraska. It was a a joke from Fopolini on Twitter. You know, it, it started as a joke, and now it's not really. It was never recognized, and it's not a real thing. So, you know, how much shelf life does Armageddon have? Will it die out? Will it continue? I mean, it's just. I mean it, it's a na- it's a name play off of the the movie Armageddon, which is just <laughs> it's hilarious to me. It, it, it's the end. It's like the end of the world, and it's two schools that have little significance in the college football world, and they're going to save us all. I mean,
2: hey, that might be I true just, next weekend. K State, Iowa State, might be the only college football game played. <laughs> Armageddon on the national stage. Well, let's hope Bedlam gets played. Come on, hmm. Gills, you're a young guy. You predate the the birth of Armageddon, which is more than 10 years ago now isn't it? that goes back to when they were playing mm-hmm. at arrowhead what are your thoughts on Armageddon?
0: i don't know much about the movie armageddon or any, i don't know i'm not cultured in that manner but i think the the biggest uh i think the product here is just ku not being good you know what if they're a top-notch program are we going to be Maybe I I think Iowa State's going to be a competitive team with K State, but are they going to be a rival? I don't I don't know. So I don't I'm not informed on the subject of Armageddons and stuff like that. So I don't know if I should uh, <laughs> you know say something I shouldn't. But I don't know if it's the biggest rivalry. But I think it's probably you know case it's right up there with KU at this point just because of of the Jayhawk struggles.
2: I okay, like the idea here. that I like the idea that K State Iowa State can be like kansas missouri basketball was and then you look at k and go yeah, hey, you're not really a rival in this sport because you're not good enough how, I don't know.
1: here's a measuring stick for a rivalry game if you're k state or a k state fan and you lose to ku are you mad about losing or are you mad that you lost to ku you're mad, you're mad that you lost to ku you're mad that you lost to ku if you lose to iowa state are you mad you lost to Iowa State, or are you mad you lost? Because I think most K-State fans are going to be mad you lost. It doesn't matter that it's Iowa State. That's, that's where I kind of draw the line. Yeah, I think it's a kind of rivalry. But at the end of the day, it's not KU. You're not going to be mad that you lost to Iowa State. I mean, you're not going to be completely upset by the fact that you hate Iowa State and no. all They got us, you know, and you're mad about who it was. I mean, it's like losing to West Virginia or losing to Texas Tech. You're mad you lost. You're not mad who you lost to because you hate the school. You're mad that you lost to them because you think you're better than them. So that's kind of, that's my measuring stick on it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think Farmageddon is just a silly rivalry. It's an internet meme. It's for for laughs between the two schools. I don't think that the two schools truly hate each other like K-State and KU. That's just me. I think that – I mean, I think that it's a couple ag schools. It's like K-State and Oklahoma State. It's a friendly rivalry between two land-grant schools.
2: Okay. Don't let
1: somebody – don't let somebody on Twitter create
2: havoc. It was it was it was uh Kevin Haskin in the Capital Journal just came up with the name in a column. So I love it. I think it's real. I hate Iowa State. I mean, I'll when Matt Campbell's put in the college football Hall of Fame this season for winning eight games <laughs> again, I'll I'll celebrate with them. I mean, cuz that's a big accomplishment to have a mediocre coach in the college football Hall of Fame, but um you know, I'm I'm good with I'm good with this rivalry. I like it. I'm still bitter from the nineteen nineties, and you guys won't know this reference, but K State was winning at Iowa State. It's a bitterly cold day. K State is gonna escape with a victory, and then in the second half, an Iowa State student makes the ultimate sacrifice in a freezing cold day, he streaks across the field. Naked he was running. Naked? Naked, running in freezing cold. I'm, you know, it's probably the most accomplished Iowa State alumnus ever. Um, he ended You're up. Sure, he graduated. I'm, no, but that's close enough. Um, he ended up getting pinned up against the the wall, like a rock wall, and he was naked, and it was cold. And you know what was shoved up against this freezing rock wall? He was arrested and hauled off the field. And after that, Iowa State played really good football and won that game. And that's when I knew Kansas State football doesn't respond well to naked men. I thought, that's my school. That's it. That's, that's it. That's my school. But Iowa State, you throw a naked man into the mix, they get fired up and win a football game. Farm again. It's real.
0: The Powercat Podcast will be right back.
3: to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you
0: We now send it back to the PowerCat Podcast.
2: Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast. We're sponsored by the Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low. Please support all of them when you're in town. And I hope you come back to town for that... God, the next game is December 5th at home? What? This is weird. Off week, two road games. Final home game. Strange. That's what football's like when you got five conference road games instead of five home games. But that's the season it is. And now we're going to persist with this podcast of sharing our wealth of knowledge about K-State sports. I don't know that there's a wealth. I'm not sure there's really a wealth of knowledge, but we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and ask some more questions. Here's Gills.
0: First question of the second half from Claws Out, Balls Out. Or reprojecting what we want Will Howard to be rather than just acknowledging what he is. I don't mind optimism, but calling him the future seems premature with what we've seen.
2: Well, I mean someone's the future. It's might be Will Howard. He's getting a big jump up on the competition. I don't know. I'm you know, I I, I think trying to promote him in that manner is good for the program. I mean, you know, if you're Chris Kleiman, you want this kid to believe this isn't just a one-year thing, that he has an opportunity to grow into the starting quarterback. You want to inspire him. He may not be that guy. No, I mean, but he shows some signs of being pretty good. Folks, being a true freshman playing at this level is difficult. Being a true freshman quarterback at this level is amazing that he's doing as well as he is. Complain all you want about Will Howard, but without 125 yards of rushing on Saturday, K-State's offense doesn't do a damn thing. It looks awful. I mean, and the problem with that is he gets more beat up every time he has to run the ball, and then he maybe has more troubles throwing the ball, and everyone thinks he sucks. Uh, He played his butt off. He made some mistakes. He made some bad, bad mistakes in that game. But without that rushing, it doesn't matter. The mistakes the mistakes only stood out because he put them in a position to win with all that running yardage. Well, I, I'm just – quit trying to read too much in this. Whether – I mean, what message do you want to send your player? Hey, you're not really the future. You know, we don't see much future in you, but go ahead and play. Or, kid, let's work on this. You might be the starting quarterback here for years. I'm, I'm into that.
1: I just I don't get the whole Will Howard hate at this point. Yeah, K-State's lost some games, but you know what? He's kept K-State in games. You know, he's only started what, 5 games? I don't even know if that's right, but get, he's a true freshman. You know, if if he's not the future at this point, who is the future? Let me know. I mean, what you guys are being so critical on Will Howard for as young as he is and how impressive he's been? coming in in this crazy season, having success. He wins his first road start at TCU. It's his first start ever. I mean, give the kid a break. He's fine. He's fine. And if you don't think he's the future, tell me who he is. Who is the future for this team? Because right now it's Will Howard. I don't care who you think it is. It's Will Howard. It's Deuce Vaughn. That's the offense for the next four years. Get used to it.
2: Look, Jake Rubley might be really good. But you know what he's going to be next year? A true freshman quarterback. So are you calling for K-State to start a true freshman quarterback because the true freshman quarterback this season isn't getting it done? It doesn't add up to me. Jake Rubley might be the future. But right now, the card you have in your hand is Will Howard. You know? I mean, You just don't know what the future holds. You want to promote this guy so he really understands it. And – all I need to know is that the team really is behind him. I mean, if you haven't heard Noah Johnson's comments at the end of, uh, I put them at the end of the postgame podcast, go listen to him. That's a senior offensive lineman, a true believer in this young quarterback. Is he perfect? No. Does he have lots to learn? Hell yes. He's 19 years old playing quarterback in the Big 12 I can't even fathom having that kind of responsibility when I was uh, in my first semester of college. Granted, it's his second semester, sort of. But in that first year of college, you know, anyone saying, hey, uh, Fitz, you're now the editor of the Collegian. What? You know? I mean, it's just – it's it's crazy to think the amount of responsibility – that's being put on him, and to hear fans badmouth him because he makes mistakes, well, it, just, it, it honestly bothers me. I understand fair criticism that needs to you know, know not to throw into the double coverage, needs to be patient, needs to understand how to run the two-minute offense. If you want to talk the analysis of his play and what he needs to fix, I'm in. But he sucks. That's not analysis. That's not helpful. That's absurd it's absurd k-state is four and three and uh it would be his what yeah it would be his fifth start he's five starts in right yeah tc was game three no tc was game four so he's four starts in yeah wow wow oh, man
0: ryan <sighs> wallace our recruiting or football guy you know Mentioned a good point how he's not supposed to really even be a runner. So like we talked about earlier, everything going on at the wideout position, you know, the offensive play calling, the offensive line, it's it's all coming together. And I don't know if, if this is the real Will Howard that if he is the starter for four years, that will you know, that style of play that we'll even be used to seeing. So we'll see what happens, but I think it's too early to hit the panic button on the on the young kid like we've been talking about.
2: I wouldn't mind them. One thing I wouldn't mind the coaches trying, they don't seem interested in running a Wildcat quarterback. Not, I don't even know who that is right now. I mean. Did they even run it last year? I don't think so, no. And with that series they kept running over and over, the almost triple option with the running back, a receiver in motion, and quarterback keeping it, I'd like to see it just. You know, if you're going to run the ball, put a guy back there that's built to run the ball. Maybe it's Trotter. I, you know, that's not really explosive. But you need someone that's going to be really sure-handed and, you know, big enough to be handed the ball off. Couldn't be Mosey or Vaughn. You'd have, they'd have to reach over their head to hand off the ball. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, you're depleted at receivers. So that gets difficult. But try it. Try it. just. I don't know. What do I know? Nothing. Nothing. Me and
0: my roommate were talking, like, why not run the option? You know, like what what they did with Klein and stuff. I, I mean, something.
2: Yeah, I mean, at, at some point maybe Jaron Lewis has a, you know, they carve out something for him to do with his offense. You know, give Will some snaps off. I'm not sure.
1: They have ran the option, though, and I wouldn't say it's been incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. It's been successful at times, but then other times you have Howard, you know, pitching it back out of bounds so yeah you know i mean i don't want to you know i don't want to harp on you know a single mistake like that but they have ran the option a little bit so just wanted to say that next
0: question from exhausted nihilist care to speculate what kind of minor injury our qb might have that affects his throws i'm sure you guys can rely on your d1 qb experience to the extent Mm. as most of us why bashers See what I did there.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Hey, I think it's probably you know just that shoulder when you get tackled, you go down on that shoulder, you, you get sacked. That's the most common thing with a quarterback is you get a compression in that shoulder socket, um, what's that AC joint or whatever. But that's the most common irritation for a quarterback is when you land on it, or <clears throat> you know, as we saw with Skyler, you put your arm up. As you fall, you can really jam that joint. So, that's you know, through the history of K-State football, his passes right now look a lot like Jonathan Beasley when he was struggling with it, and Jake Waters when he was struggling with it. And there's a lot of guys in between that have struggled with shoulder problems. Grant Gregory. Everyone thought Grant couldn't throw the ball in that year that he came in as a transfer. There's a lot of similarities there. There are a lot of similarities, actually, but he was a warrior and a leader, and he and he helped the team win despite having an injured shoulder. I don't know if Will's shoulder's dinged up, but he doesn't throw the ball nearly with the same velocity or philosophy, uh, velocity of uh, his high school tape. He just doesn't. So something's going on, whether it's confidence or injury, but um, this is what they got to deal with and he's the best quarterback that they have available.
1: Yeah, and just kind of going off your point, when was the last time a K-State quarterback didn't have to have some sort of surgery in the offseason on his throwing arm? I mean, it's crazy to me how, you know, we talk about K-State basketball players and their legs I want to talk about K-State quarterbacks and, you know, their injuries. You know, you, you hear at the end of the season, oh, yeah, Jake Waters, he was injured the whole season, and he was able to do that, you know, like let you know say with Jesse Ertz, you know, a whole bunch of these guys just getting banged up and having to get, you know, keep playing but then have to have surgery. I feel like Skyler, didn't Skyler early on have to have something too? So, I mean, I, so. it's, I, I feel like this is just, I mean, I'm not saying that there's any conspiracy here with the field, or you know, just other than you know, just bad luck? But I mean, that's just what it's like being a quarterback, and you got to play through stuff. And
2: when you know, run your quarterback, you expose your quarterback to more hits. That's just the simple truth of what K State football's been, and and they're finding out this year you've got to run the quarterback to free things back up because they're taking away Deuce Vaughn.
0: Next question from Pain Train ninety five. I totally get the idea of recruiting athletes and then honing their skills to certain positions. However, why do we recruit quarterbacks that can't throw and basketball players that can't shoot? Are we that desperate for talent?
2: Uh, Will can throw. Go put in his recruiting tape. He can throw the ball. Um, You know, I, I know he's having struggles, but... On a windy day, he overthrew a tight end down the middle of the field. But the ball was out there. I mean, you know, the the accuracy wasn't there. But there's an arm in there. Just he's banged up. He's just not playing with confidence. I'm not worried about Will Howard at all. I I think Will Howard's going to become a pretty good quarterback. A great one? I don't know. But I think he's going to be pretty good. He's smart. He's diligent he wants to be better. He works hard. If he didn't work hard, he wouldn't be playing right now. I can tell you that. I'm just not worried about it.
0: Next question from bring on the mob. Uh, Bring on the mob is a new member here at the site. So welcome to wildlife stations. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for your question. I'll go with basketball in the bye week Can you give your thoughts on Logan Landers commitment and how you see him and Davion Bradford working together in the future. More of a Twin Towers approach or as subs for one another at center. Also, 1 to 10 rating on what you think the chance of K-State landing Aminu Muhammad is.
2: Well, we'll we'll let you handle a lot of this, Gil, since you're kind of the basketball guy. But, I mean, you got to have more than one big guy. I mean, if you have two, you you can play them together. You can rotate them. I mean... I think it's a really nice pickup because they're kind of different guys. I mean, Bradford's such a true post. I mean, a rim protector at seven feet and a big presence. He's big-bodied. And then Landers gives you someone more to lean and can run up and down and shoot it. I like this a lot. and I don't think they're going to get Muhammad. I just don't. I think as this gets, you know, more and more teams that have a scholarship will come rushing in when they realize a player that level is, is available. But if they can, it'd be huge. It'd be enormous to get him for a year and a half.
0: Obviously I think Davion, you know, Bradford is the future, but you've also got to mention, you know, Carlton Lingard, as well as K O C kc aglou. I've, I've still Zoglou. got to learn that one here. Uh, you know, so it's not just going to be Bradford competing with Landers, but, uh, You know, I don't know if that's something that we've seen a whole lot out of a Bruce Weber, you know, offense, like they typically like to go four guards, you know, like we've seen that with, you know, guys like Shane Southwell and, Nino Williams, you know, you know, guys like that in the past. Um, so I I don't know if the, the comparison with, you know, Dean Wade, I get, I think we'll get to that one here at the next question, but, um, I don't know if he's a true, you know, center, but I don't know if he's a true number four guy like Dean. I think he probably leans a little more towards the five spot. Um, you know, can shoot the ball. You know, he can do everything. He is going to be one of those guys that can defend, can shoot the ball, can you know get to the rim, do every you know thing that Dean did. I think he's a little stronger though. He's got some more meat to him. Um, you know, it's, he's taller, I believe. So you know, all of that I think he'll be more competing with Davion. So I don't know if I really see them being out on the court at the same time too much. You look at guys at West Virginia, you've got Culver and you've got Oscar Sheewe, right? Those are twin towers. I don't ever see K-State having, you know, for 30 minutes a game, having Landers and Bradford on the court at the same time, like Bob Huggins does with those guys. So I think maybe there's, you know, they might experience, experiment with it a little bit if, if two guys are in foul trouble, you know, here or there, and they've got to have them on the court. Sure, it can happen if you if you're facing a team, maybe like West Virginia that has those guys, then maybe you bring in something like that just for the matchup for a, for a game or two. But I don't know if I if I see them on the court together too much. Um, and I, I hate to say it, but Lingard and Zogwu and Bradford and Landers, I don't see all of those guys. You know, two years from now or whenever they would. You know, someone's going to transfer. Someone's going to leave. I think it's inevitable. That that's probably going to happen at some point. Um, for whatever reason, but there's, you know, not much of uh pieces of that pie to necessarily go around. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if, 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 if Bruce Weber is comfortable with with putting both those guys on the court at the same time, and that's just my speculation. Um, as for Aminu, I think K States, I think, think Indiana is probably the leader right now, but if it happens and I think it's going to happen where it, his season gets canceled or, he decides to, you know, commit early here at semester, which if it happens, will happen here in a matter of weeks. You know, maybe a month at the most. So it's going to happen here pretty soon. I think Indiana's the front runner, but then after Indiana, I think K State's got as good a chance as anyone. That's what Sean Harmon, his garden, his guardian, has told me. That K State is right up in there. So you know, this was what two weeks ago, and that's you know probably outdated with all the you know changes that have happened here with with the menu, but as we say to hello to hello to Fitz's dogs um, you know I, there's Georgia's in the mix kind of with that open scholarship spot so we'll, we'll see what happens I think I would say Indiana is the front runner I think K-State's probably in second place with you know they're lukewarm with you know with some of these other schools um, throughout his process I would say on a scale of one to ten I would give him Maybe a four or five. You, you know, I think Indiana's like I said up there. Um, but then after that, if something happens with them and things don't click, Bruce Weber might just uh, swoop in here and uh, you know steal one away from from everyone else. But until you know, it's, I don't want to be you know pessimistic. But until it happens, um, there's always that that reason for skepticism.
1: And KSU man had a follow up uh that I he asked it before I could get the thread locked and uh, after I got you questions but he asked how similar is Logan Lander's game to Dean Wade yeah that, that's I, you know mentioned it a little bit but
0: I think he's a little bigger a little stronger can can do more of the 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 the, the Gip, Tom, Thomas Gibson type plays to DJ don you know Johnson type plays getting big in there in the paint. I, you know, I don't know if it'll be a ton of, you know, like McCall Mayween for example, where he's always dancing around and, you know, putting on a circus act down there in the lane, you know, I think he'll be strong with the ball. Um, Can shoot the ball. Yes. Can he do all these other things? Yes. But I think he's, like I mentioned, probably more of a, a five player than Dean ever was. Next question from add to cart cat. Is a it, uh, pardon me if a safe and effective vaccine is developed, should college and professional athletes be required to take it? First responders and health personnel would probably get the vaccine first. Should athletes get the vaccine if there is a limited supply?
1: No, if there's a limited supply, they shouldn't be first in line by any means. I think they'll get it as it becomes available, and I would guess that most. Teams would probably get it, get their hands on the batches and they'd probably administer it all at one time to everybody. So I think that – I don't know about saying they should be required to take it. I mean, if they don't want to, I guess they probably sh- shouldn't be forced to, but it, I think it would be smart to take it. And I don't want to make that sound like I'm anti-vaccine. I'm absolutely not. But I don't think you can force anybody to do anything.
2: I don't want the athletes to have it early, and and here's why. As we all know, Tim Fitzgerald loves a good conspiracy theory. Oh, boy. I think this is how we get to the zombie apocalypse right here. We started administering on a massive basis a not fully tested vaccine. And then we have the walking dead. Now, why I don't want athletes to have it is I do not want. Wyatt Hubert or someone of his mass walking around as a zombie. What do you do with that? You can't. you He's going to win. He's going to eat your brains. So, no, athletes shouldn't have it yet. Just give it to that, little people first. Reason. Give it to little people first to see if they turn into zombies because if they do, we can kick their ass. That's That's my science. <laughs> Trust the fit science. That's what the motto is.
1: That's what you're worried about. You're not worried about Inbath creating the zombie apocalypse. No. You're worried about this sole preventative vaccine.
2: Inbath might might start the zombie cow apocalypse, which, you know, cows are walking around trying to eat your brains and that. I mean, they're easy to get away with. You just tip them over.
1: Man, wouldn't the, the zombie cows sounds like a great single A baseball team if Manhattan ever. It does. Ever – had something like that. That'd be fun.
2: Yeah. That's better than the mad cows, I think. The zombie cows. Zombie cows. Oh yeah. I don't want there you go, Manhattan High. There's your new name. Yeah. <laughs> How badass would that be to have your mascot be the zombie cows? <laughs> well at, at least dude likes it. At least you're not uh Topeka Seaman High School. Oh yeah wild. So your your high school has been named Seaman forever, and it turns out he's an exalted Cyclops of the KKK. So all along you had a reason to get rid of the name of the high school, and yet generations have been Seaman High School. Those poor, poor kids that are now adults, scarred for life. I got off on a tangent here, but I'm worried about them. Go Topeka North Vikings. Okay, that's I just
1: think it's I think it's funny that KSNT, a few years ago Seaman played Bonner Springs, but they misspelled Bonner. Oh boy. Uh, hold on. Uh, Okay, it. There was an an in missing. It was the greatest bottom line ticker I've ever seen in my life.
2: We have anything more?
1: We got one more. Got a big twelve question. K Ned.
2: Bring it on, K Ned.
0: All righty, last question of the podcast. Are we nearing the end of the Gary Patterson era at TCU? Does he start to get the Snyder time-to-move-on treatment?
2: Yeah, I think you're getting there real fast or real slow. I think it's getting there. I mean, in some ways, in some ways, I think TCU has him on a higher pedestal because they wouldn't even be in this conference, and they know it without Gary Patterson. I I think Gary will probably step away at some point here, as long as he's got a parachute into the future. Um, I don't know. It's just – it's weird to watch TCU not be as good defensively as you expect. I know they've had problems offense, but they're not very good on defense right now either. And you look around the conference, there's four teams in the top 25 defenses in the country – K-State's just played two of them. Remember that, folks. West Virginia and Oklahoma State are in the top five nationally. And uh, I don't know what, what, what stat I was looking at. Yards allowed per play or something. But um, Baylor and Texas are in there too. Two more future opponents. Iowa State's got a really good defense, wasn't in there. Kansas State's defense has been playing great, wasn't in there. There's a lot of good defenses in this conference, and TCU is not recognized as one of them this year. Very weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we probably are. He's probably reached his peak and he's on the down slope. I think it's just going to be a matter of time. How self aware is Gary Patterson going to be about how good he is and how good his teams are? And I don't know if we'll get to a point where you know, or whoever the AD is, I don't, I don't, I can't think of who it is at TCU now. Um, you know, if they say, hey, I think it's it's time. I don't know if they'll do that like they did with Snyder at the end, but. I think I, I feel like Gary Patterson is more self aware than, than Bill Snyder is, I guess. And I think that that I think TCU's lucky that Bill, Gary Patterson doesn't have a son that may or may not be qualified to coach a D1 football team. I don't
2: know. As a guy who has also reached his peak and is on the downslope, um, i like to congratulate Gary Patterson for having a much higher peak than I did. I got to the downslope and I looked back and said, I really thought that'd be higher. Huh? Really thought? Yeah. I'm heading down. Here we go. I'm not stepping down. I will not be a candidate for TCU football or Wichita State basketball. I'm not going to do it.
1: Oh, yeah, I think you'd make a great Greg Marshall.
2: You could be mean. Yeah. Shut up. Vouch for that. Shut up. There we go. That's my Gary, Gary Marshall. That's weird. A lot of weird stuff going on in this pandemic. Firing a basketball coach days before, day, week of the signing. Weird. Oh, well. Go shockers. Obscene hand signal. That's it. That was it. Gild, you got any final thoughts?
0: Hmm. Hey, Gary Patterson's not as old as Snyder is. So, like. I don't know if he's necessarily doing anything terrible to like, you know, lose them their games. It's just that he's just not that good where, I don't know if TCU fans are super frustrated with, with Patterson yet. Cause they've been inconsistent this year. It's been their biggest, you know, flaw. They've, they've won some games, right. But they've also just looked terrible in some games. So I think he is of course, on the, on the down slope with, along with you fits, but <laughs> he's uh I don't know. I would, I still think he has a little bit of a leash left just because of you mentioned it. Why TCU is in the big 12 because of him. So we'll
1: see what happens. Maybe, but. maybe he deserves more credit to be compared to Snyder 1.0. Maybe the 0405 range is made. We might be in 2004 K state with TCU. Mm, that's Gary a Patterson. pretty good
2: point. Step away for three years. The frogs suck. Come back. <laughs> He's
1: already got a trophy. Or not a trophy, a statue. That's similar to having the stadium named after you, right?
2: Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, you can come back. Okay. We voted. Gary, we voted you can retire and come back. The full Snyder treatment.
1: And Ron Prince is the next
2: coach at TCU. Heard it
1: here (laughs) first.
2: Mm -hmm. Don't do it, froggies. Don't do it. Don't. That's it for this week's edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast as we head into the off week. So no pregame podcast, no postgame podcast. How would I do that without a game? huh? But there will be uh, other podcasts coming. I get to record another Sources podcast this week, so it's ready to run for next week. Very exciting. Hank Jacobs, Director of Football Administration. Kansas State will be next week's guests on the Sources Podcast that I record this week. Uh, it's so confusing. This job is difficult. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved.
0: GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.